Welcome to Women Inseparable with author and speaker Jacqueline Palmer. This season is a study of Colossians. Read it, study it, and live it. Here's Jacqueline. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, how good you are, how faithful you are, how true you are, and how eternal you are. And in your eternity and in your power and in your bigness and your goodness, you sit with us. And that, how do we even say thank you to that? God, we see your miracles. Every day we see the sunshine. Every time we see the moon rise. Every time we see a star in the sky, we see your miracles. But the miracle of all miracles is that you sit with us. You choose to walk with us. You choose to hold us. And you choose to love us abundantly in ways that we can't even figure out. Those moments that we sit there and think, I can't even love myself. Lord, you so greatly love us. We thank you. We thank you so much for being our God, for being our Father. We thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, the list that we could just cast before the throne of what Jesus Christ has done and continues to do every day, that list is so vast. Lord, you've given us the Holy Spirit, each and every one of us. And the more we study scripture individually, between us and the Father, the Holy Spirit is showing himself even more as he speaks to us according to your word, meeting us as we are, meeting us where we are. Lord, you're so big. You're so real and you're so faithful. And we thank you. We thank you so much for who you are. Lord, we pray right now as we lay Colossians before you that you'll open our eyes, that you'll deepen us, that you will be rooted and established in our individual faith. The faith that we have in Jesus Christ, I pray that you'll grow us where we are in Scripture. Help us to study the Word of God individually, independently, personally today. I pray that you'll open up our eyes. I pray that you'll close my words. I pray that you'll close my person and that I'll just be you today. May it be your words. May it be your truth. This is what I ask. And I pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Colossians 3. We're a third week of study it. After that, we get to live it. So excited. I had to balance between as I'm reading Colossians 3 this week. I wanted to get jump into the live it. Like, let's go. Right? It was hard while we were just reading, not studying it. Is that a challenge? Like, let me not study. I'm just going to read. I'm just going to let it wash over me. I'm not going, not going to jump in. I'm just going to read. And it's amazing how much we learn just by reading. It's almost as if when you read it, it's like a natural memorization of it. Because you're reading and reading and reading and you're not rabbit trailing and you're not digging. You're just looking at the beauty of the word. And it sits on our hearts and it sits in our heads and we memorize without even realizing it. We become familiar with the Word of God. So that in conversation, you could say to a girlfriend, oh, remember what it says, what Paul said in Colossians? And you are like, wait a minute. I remember what Paul said in Colossians. And you just, fruit spills out of you simply by reading the Word of God. And then we start studying it. And as quickly as we start studying it, we want to live it, right? And this is what we're going to talk about today. We want to put it on and we want to run with it. You ever wanted to do that? Oh, I read a truth. Oh, I studied a truth. Oh, I'm going to put that truth on and I'm going to go. See my faith? See who I am? And we proclaim it without fully finishing our study of it. 
So my caution for you is don't jump into the live section yet until you're done fully studying it. Fair enough? We've been talking about Matthew 7, 7 has been our preface, our verse that goes before us during the study that we're going to ask and it'll be given to us. We're going to seek and it'll, we'll find it. We're going to seek. Did anybody put fasting into their scripture this week? Can I ask that? We did our big fasting challenge last season and we're talking about seeking scripture. When you open up that scripture, Seek it. Seek it in fasting. Fast over scripture. There's one passage um, above all passages that I fasted over. Um, 1 Corinthians 4. A while ago, I spent a long time in tears and on my knees over this passage, not wanting to go into my commentaries, not wanting to know what another person had to say. I wanted to know what God was saying in 1 Corinthians 4. And I prayed over it and I fasted over this. And I tell you this because I saw the fruit of that. It's written on, it's in my book. My editor has that chapter actually as we speak. And we're going through this, but then at the retreat this past week, and I had everything planned out because the girls had asked me to give them the dialogue of what we were going to study. So I pre I sent them this huge document. And then I got there and God does what God does and he said, No, you're not going to do first John, you're going to do first Corinthians chapter four. I'm like, that's awesome. That's awesome. I was not prepared at that moment. I wasn't pre-prepared for that moment. I had already studied something else, but God's like, don't even worry about it. I've got you covered. Remember that time we spent together on your knees in tears? I wrote those words on your heart then. All you have to do is open your mouth today. And God moved. It was good. God, that's how powerful how big God is. Study scripture. See what God has to say to you. And when time comes, he'll spill that out to the person who's ready to hear it. Fast over your scripture. Today we're going to do knock. Knock and the door will be open unto you. And we know this verse. Many of us have memorized this verse. We know Matthew 7, 7. We knock on the door. But have you ever applied knock on the door to scripture? Have you ever thought about knocking on scripture? Thought ever crossed your mind? Never crossed mine either. So when God laid Matthew 7, 7 on my heart and I'm writing through this dialogue and I'm doing ask first week and seek second week and knock third week, I would kind of giggle each time. I'm like, God, what are you going to do with that one? How do you knock on scripture? Knock on scripture. This is our goal. This is what we're going to do. I want you to keep that sentence in your mind, that question in your mind. I'm going to read some verses. Fair enough? Mm -hmm. Colossians 3, 1. If then... You have been raised with Christ. And as we read, I really pray you focus on that pronoun, you. And I really pray you see you in these words. If then you have been raised with Christ, you seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. That's your tomorrow. It's already written. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness which is idolatry. 
there was a time in each of our lives that we were washed in this identity. We see this, Paul says this even to the church of Colossians, and I have a feeling that fits for some of us today. That some of us would have been labeled, our name tag would have been sexually impure, covetous. That would have been on our name tag. And I don't say that in condemnation, I'm saying that in truth, standing next to Paul and claiming that myself. We all had an identity and we all allowed other people to perceive us with that identity because that's how we perceived ourselves. When we looked in the mirror, when we got dressed, when we presented ourselves in front of another human being, we knew we were saying to that other human being, this is, this is what I got. This is who I am. And there's a list of physical attributes of sexual immorality, of impurity. These things are upon us that we show these through our posture, through our dress, through our person. Our passion spills out of us. It's evident to others. Our evil desire is evident to others. Our level of covetousness, that idolatry that's in us that wants what that is so badly that we forget to think about God. We're so focused on attaining that so much so that it spills out of us and others see it in us. And that's our identity. And as we sit in that memory that I feel us all sitting in, we find ourselves knocking on a door. As we are where we were at that moment in our identity, knocked on that door. And something got us from that identity to knocking on the door, knowing that I was told Jesus Christ is going to open this door and he's going to wrap his arms around me and he's going to clean the purity from my head. He's going to clean the purity from my heart. He's going to wash my hands. This is what I'm told that Jesus is going to do that. So something got me from that position to this position. This didn't just happen. I had to get off that couch. I had to get out of that car. I had to get away from that scene. I had to move from that position to this position. And I didn't want to take the time to change my clothes, to get clean, to do my thing, to come to the store. I didn't have it in me to do that. Some of us picked ourselves literally crawling to that door and knocking. And I know because I know Jesus, I know 100% certain that when each and every one of us showed up at that door in our rags, in our ick, in our gross, in our opinion of ourselves, every single one of us made this motion and every single one of us were wrapped instantly in the love of Jesus Christ. Is that true? I see that wash over faces. We know what we were. And as we were, we knocked on the door. And as we were, we were embraced by Jesus Christ. He said, I died for you. I rose again for you. I love you. I love your heart. And you say, but my heart, he says, yes, I'm now in there. I love your heart. I love your mind. And you say, but my mind, the images that constantly are going over from things that I've seen, from things that I've done. And he says, I love your mind because now I am in your mind. You have the mind of Christ. I love you. 
and that quickly Jesus answers the door as we knock on that door and we are made new just by simply believing. That's beautiful. As you were where you were, as you are where you are, do you see the difference of your person? This is what Paul is saying. This is what happens when you knock on scripture and we see the motion that has to happen. That happened. We all had to do that. We all had to physically get ourselves there. Not because of what we did, but because of who is at the door. We trusted that. He continues on verse 6. He says, on account of these things, on account of those sexual actions, on account of the things that are spilling from our bodies, on account of these, the wrath of God is coming. Some of our scripture says that the wrath of God is coming to those of disobedience, to the sons of disobedience, to the children of disobedience. Some of our scriptures do not. It all depends on your Greek transcript. You can talk to Steve Crane for more, there, for more information about that. The fact of the matter is, the truth is, the book of Revelations declares the wrath of God is coming. We know that is happening. However, you are not here anymore as you were where you were. You're now here as you are where you are at the door of Jesus Christ. Know where you are when the wrath of God is coming. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you have not yet knocked on that door, may I ask you right now, knock on that door. As you are where you are, receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. With your heart, with your mouth, proclaim you are the Son of God. I know you came. I know you died on that cross for my reality, for my sin. And I know that you rose again and conquered sin, conquered death, conquered hell, conquered the grave. And I believe in you, Jesus Christ. Receive Jesus as your Savior. So that when the wrath of God comes, you are no longer as you were, where you were. You are now as you are, where you are, daughter of the King. Beautiful. That's the truth of Scripture. Verse 7 says, And these you too once walked. And this is what Paul was saying. You once walked there when you were living in them. You're walking and you're living. They were sin- they're same thing. They went together. That's where you were, past tense. When Satan comes at you, and I pray that right now, if Satan is coming at you right now for who you were, for what used to be, will you shut him down with this truth? That's not who I am anymore. That's past tense. It's washed away. It's not you anymore. Hold on to that. Verse 8 He says, but now, don't you love those words? Mm -hmm. (laughs) But now, hold on, you might not. But now you must put them all away. And then there's a whole new list. A lot of us remember what our identity was. And we, oh, that cloud wants to come and wash us with it again. We're like, no, Jesus, and the cloud disappears. But then there's the next level. The next layer. But now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice. For some of us, we think about what we once were and it produces these in us today. Whether we think about what we were, what our past was, and it makes us mad today and it brings up all of our emotions. Friend, take care of that emotion now. That's not who you are. Some of us remember who we were and we see others 
behave the way we used to behave and it makes us explode with anger and malice. Anyone else? You see somebody else that portrays your past and you're like, I don't even want to see it. At that point, it's not about you anymore. Side note, it's about that person receiving Jesus as your savior, as their savior. Don't judge them for behaving the way you used to behave. Love them so they could behave the way you're behaving today in the name of Jesus Christ. Different perception. Put away your anger, your wrath, your malice, your slander, your obscene talk from your mouth. Notice that it's you, your anger. It's you, it's your wrath. It's your malice. And I don't say this as a judgment. I say this as a know who you are, where you are, where you're struggling with that. Your anger is going to look different than somebody else's anger. Don't compare. You ever done that? Well, I'm not that angry. Have you met my sister? (laughs) Okay, I'm not the only one who's done that. My sister is not an angry person, FYI. (laughs) I love my sister. But we do, we compare, don't we? We justify. This is all you. When you read through this again later today and throughout this week, look at how much this is about you, your malice, your slander, your obscene talk. Somebody else may have a different level of obscene talk. Fascinating. There might be some things, and let's continue scripture before I talk. It says, but now you must put these away. Get the obscene talk from your mouth. And then verse 9 says, do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices. And you have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Your knowledge, it starts right here. As you go to face that anger, that malice, that slander, that obscene talk, come to terms first with what does that mean to you? Not what is somebody else doing? Not what is that coworker saying? Not what is that husband saying? Not what about my... Ch- it has nothing to do with anybody else. This is what's coming out of your mouth at the door of Jesus Christ. If I dare say you're now on the inside of that door, are you not? Because you knock on that door, Jesus isn't going to keep you outside. On the inside of that door, you've got your anger in you still in the presence of your king. What does that anger look like? What do you want it to look like? Steady scripture in that thought. And you say, well, anger is what I need to take off. I need to put that away so that I can keep on that new self. I need to renew in knowledge this level of anger inside of me using scripture. How do I do that? Knock on scripture's door. Say, I need to do a study on anger. I need to do a study on slander. I need to do a study on this thing that's in my heart as I'm sitting with my king. I'm going to knock on the door and I'm going to look throughout scripture. What does scripture say about anger? That'll be my Bible study. And I don't need to buy a Bible study book. I don't need a tool. I need scripture. I want to know what Jesus, I want to know what God, I want to know what the apostles are telling me about anger. How am I going to do that? And I go to my concordance. Remember those old school concordances? Today our concordance is called a magnifying glass, right? (laughs) On our YouVersion app. That's your concordance. Type in anger. 
If you want to do a specific study from Proverbs on anger, there's a couple of verses in Proverbs on anger. Click Proverbs, push anger, push search, and do a Bible study. Knock on scripture about anger for you, your anger, not somebody else's anger. That's their job. Fascinating, right? Mm -hmm. I don't need to fix my child's issue, huh? <laughs> when they're little, you do. That's yours. As they get older, they got to claim that. I can't fix my husband's issue. Wife, can't fix your husband's issue. But you can grow your husband by fixing your issue. <laughs> oh, the groan from the depths of our soul. It's our sinuses. <laughs> the more we knock on Scripture to fix us in the light of Jesus Christ, the more that situation around you will see the fruit. And that fruit might look a little bit different than what you are hoping for it to look like. It might be sweeter. It might be better. You might see more and more the promises of God coming to light. I heard a story over the weekend where the daughter was standing next to the mother and the daughter was my age. And she says, my dad got saved six years ago. The wife was standing right there. The wife smiled and she says, I've been married. She didn't say this, but this, the story connected the pieces of she was married to this girl, my age's dad, all those years. And he was unsaved through the little girl's birth childhood, teen years, her daddy was unsaved as she was getting married. She's got high schoolers, college students. Her daddy was unsaved during all of that. Mom was married to this man, unsaved all these years. Six years ago, this man received Jesus Christ as his savior. And both of these women, their face just lit up. They said, he's a totally different man. That's amazing. Wife, don't change your husband. Don't drag him to the door. He has to make that choice. He has to be where he is, how he is, and he has to come to that door and knock on that door. You be ready for that day. Don't force it. Just be ready. And accept the change that you're going to see in him. There's going to be a moment of healing in your life wife when your husband gets saved because you're used to the man you've been married to and all of a sudden you're going to yell at him and he's not going to yell back and you're not going to know what to do and it's going to make you mad and we're back to anger <laughs> full circle <laughs> knock on scripture to study what the Lord is telling you to study right now based on this do you see where your study is you could do that just with scripture. If you need help finding passages for your thing, let us know. There's a whole team of us that can find scripture for you. And if we need help finding scripture, we pass it up to the pastoral staff. <laughs> it's great. You're in a world of sisters. Get on our telegram. Are we online? And be real. Throw it out. Let's find scripture for one another. Let's finish what scripture says. Verse 9, let's go back to this jewel. Do not lie to one another. And again, I say, do not lie 
to one another. I like the placement of this right after saying who you were as you were to where you are as you are. And then right after this is going to be who you are, where you are in the glory of Jesus Christ. Right in the middle of this transition, he says, don't lie to one another. And then he finishes the sentence by saying, seeing that you have put off the old self, don't lie to one another about what you have put off. Ouch. Have you ever had a story and you don't want to tell it? <laughs> ever have a past that you don't want to claim? Mm -hmm. Don't lie to one another. In sharing your story and sharing your statement and sharing one word, you just have to share one word. You identify with one another. And by identifying with one another, you get stronger, she gets stronger, and the comfort of the Holy Spirit that's promised upon you and her flourishes. All by telling your story. Don't lie about it. Oh, praise God, my life has been great. Good. That's wonderful. <laughs> Use your story to grow one another. Don't lie about it. Don't sit in it. Don't go back to it. It's not on you anymore. It's outside the door of Jesus Christ. It's not on you. But use it and identify with another person. Don't lie about it. And then he says, don't lie to one another, seeing that you have put off your old self with its practices and you have put on the new self. Don't lie about that. Have you put on the new self? Do you know Jesus Christ is your Savior? Brag on Jesus. Oh, I don't have an issue with anger. I don't. That's not me. That's Jesus. Brag on Jesus. You have a quality, you have a strength, you have a gift of the Holy Spirit. Brag on Jesus. If your shoulders are puffing up and your head is flopping around as you're telling how great you are, revisit where you need to be and study that. But if the God has done work in you, Oh, brag on Jesus. Don't lie to one another. Don't downplay the Holy Spirit's work in you. That's rude. Give glory to who glory is due. And having put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge, this is where you are right now. This is your truth in our Colossian study. It's being renewed in knowledge, in scripture, in studying the image of our Creator. First John tells us no man has seen God, but we have the words of Christ. <clears throat> Steady the image of our Creator. Read and read and read. And once you're done reading, steady and steady and steady. What do I steady? Get on your knees and pray. God, what do I need to work on? Where do you want to meet me today? And whatever He says, listen, listen. Knock on scripture, study, get in there. See yourself from that position of where you're sitting on your knees, where you're praying and visualize what you need to do to get up and get back to that door and knock. This is not the salvation door, mind you. Christ's blood is bigger than that. This is the knowledge door growing that in scripture. What do you have to do to get from point A to, all right, let's get in there. Let's knock on that door. Let's see what the Lord has for you through his word. Verse 11 says here, here, in this context with Jesus Christ, with our father, here there is not Greek and Jew. There's not modern and traditional. 
there's not circumcised and uncircumcised. There's not religious practice of those that do and those who don't. There's not barbarian or Scythian opinions and uh, status quo of the day. Your social separations. Let me just say that. That's what these two words are. Curious, when Paul wrote this letter, the receivers of this letter, I wonder if anybody got offended that he used the word barbarian. We don't use barbarians. It means nothing to us, but that was like a slang word. That was a social grouping. I wonder if anybody read that. I was like, barbarian. Mm-hmm. I'm married to a barbarian. <laughs> <laughs> Here there is no slave, there's no free. We've been focused on the word you, seeing you in this passage. Look at these words. But Christ is all. He's all. Those memories that you had, that reality that you're in right now, Christ is all. And he's in you. That's your statement. Satan's going to come at you today. I have a feeling. Scripture says he's going to. Say this out loud. Write this. We go back to our expo markers. Write this on your mirror. Christ is in me. That's you. That's who you are. Use your past as a tool to bring somebody else to Jesus. That's the only thing your past is good for. It's not good for anything else. Bring somebody to Jesus through your story. And as you sit with Scripture this week in your study... Focus on what the Lord wants you to focus on. What is that? Do you have your word? Do you have your passage? Do you have your area that you want to focus on? Maybe something that's not even in Colossians 3. Imagine that. The Lord may be laying something on your mind, maybe laying Hebrews 11 on your heart. Maybe faith is an issue for you. There's so much that could be laid down. Whatever the Lord is saying to you, trust that. And maybe you think, well, I'm not used to listening to the Holy Spirit. Learn that. Use this as a practice tool to see if maybe that voice, maybe that thought, maybe that ouch inside of you, maybe that's the Holy Spirit. Test it. And whatever that is, put that to study this week. In Scripture, for Scripture, through Scripture, to renew your knowledge in that area and see what the Holy Spirit does with that. And maybe that'll grow you in listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Perhaps. We are going to finish right there. The next part, we'll do that with um, live. Sounds good? But don't, don't live it yet. <laughs> <laughs> study it. It is amazing what happens in our life when we study Scripture. And what happens in our life when we simply study Scripture is our life changes without us even realizing it. And it's not that we're putting it on and putting on a show. We're studying scripture because we just have to know. And the more we have to know, the more we know, we get it from our place with God and we realize, wait a minute, something's different. And you don't even care about what's different because you're seeking the things that are above and you go full circle back around. And you read some more and you study some more and before you even realize it, your life is changing. Not because of what you are purposing to do, but because of what you're doing with your king power in studying the word of God. Let's close in prayer. Father, thank you for your scripture. Thank you that it's so alive. Thank you so it's so applicable for each and every one of us. I thank you for meeting us where we are.
We thank you for not asking us to change on our own and to do the things on our own and to be what we think we need to be or to compare ourselves to others and become what others are, but that you want us to be us, the very woman that you've created. I pray that you help us to be real with ourselves, to not lie to ourselves so that we can truly meet you where we are, so that we can study what we need to study with you. I pray that you will continue to speak to us, continue to grow us, root us in your word. And I pray that you will reveal to us the knowledge of our creator that we need to grow us. I do pray. We talked marriage a couple of times. And Father, if there's a marriage in here that needs your arms, that needs your salvation to be poured over it, I pray right now in the name of Jesus Christ for healing upon that marriage. I pray repair upon that marriage. I pray for that husband to stand in the creation of who he is. I pray for the wife to stand in the creation of who she is. I pray that the salvation of Jesus Christ will make a way when there seems to be no way. Lord, thank you for the gift of marriage. I pray that you'll be with us as we go about our day. Keep Satan away. Keep scripture on our tongue. And help us to stand, help us to fight, help us to sing, help us to rejoice in who we are, for we are yours. In the name of Jesus Christ, we say all these things. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. You can find us on Telegram at WI Online. If you need prayer, contact us at womeninseparable at gmail.com.